From hook and bullet to policy and science, we're here to discuss and dissect all matters of importance to Montana's rugged landscape and the people and wildlife that call it home. This is Montana Untamed. The imperiled status of the river-dwelling population of Arctic grayling in Montana continues to roil the waters of public debate about the fate of the species' survivors in the Big Hole River. The latest wrangle focuses on the utility or futility of stocking grayling in a Big Hole watershed creek and tributaries during a time of low flows and warm water. This fall, the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks released Arctic grayling fingerlings into a section of French Creek previously treated to remove non-native fish. With me today is Duncan Adams, outdoor and natural resource reporter at the Montana Standard newspaper, to fill us in on the debate over the fate of this striking fish with a sail-like dorsal fin. So Duncan, what's the basic background of the controversy about the Arctic grayling in the Big Hole River? Well, Tom, the uh, controversy goes back decades. Uh, and that's because the last surviving population of river-dwelling Arctic grayling, also called fluvial Arctic grayling, uh, lives in a portion of the Big Hole River. There was a population of river-dwelling grayling in Michigan, but they went extinct back in the 30s. So this is the last population in the lower 48. So because it's a distinct population segment, uh, people think, some people think it should deserve federal protection. Uh, and, and so that's been the controversy. Can you, can you describe what, like what kind of fish this is for folks who are probably not aware of what it is, what it looks like? Well, it's a salmonid. So it's in the same family with trout and char, uh, some other fish. Uh, it looks like a little bit like a whitefish. It, it doesn't have a lot of body, body coloring, but it, it has this distinctive dorsal fin, uh, almost always described as sail-like, a big dorsal fin that is pretty colorful, actually. Uh, so in many ways, it, it's a beautiful fish. It's, it's not known to be particularly uh, uh, discriminating feeder, so it's prone to overfishing uh, from people. Uh, but it's a, it's a lovely fish. And so you talked about how some folks think that uh, the fish is worthy of federal protection. Can you uh, tell us how has the federal U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service been involved in this controversy? So back in 1994, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, announced that the grayling was a candidate for listing under the Endangered Species Act. So that triggered a process for them to to look and see if it deserved protection as a a threatened or endangered species. Uh, And that provoked a, a strong reaction uh, particularly in the Big Hole Valley among ranchers who, who the last thing they wanted was the feds uh, telling, them, 
telling them how they should irrigate and how much water they could use. Uh, so uh, that kind of was a big start to the controversy. You know, we've discussed this before um, on this podcast um, when we did an episode about uh, a more general episode about the Big Hole River. Um, but can you remind listeners about what sort of local efforts have been in place to conserve the species? The Big Hole Watershed Committee emerged in the wake of the potential listing of the fish. Uh, and it has worked, uh, it's driven a lot by ranchers' concerns, but it has pulled in other people to be on the committee. It has worked to come up with some voluntary conservation measures. Uh, some ranchers are willing to uh, not pull as much water out of the river during low flow periods. Uh, and other things that they've tackled in terms of riparian uh, reconstruction or revegetation of riparian zones, work mm. on some tributaries, uh, trying to keep cows out of the river. Uh, they've done a number mm. of things uh, to try and make the river uh, more compatible to this, uh, to this species. And they're uh, have been additional campaigns through the years to get the fish listed. And uh, to date, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has resisted uh, other efforts to get it listed. So with all of this work being done to conserve the species um, without it being listed, um, the efforts to list it has recently reemerged, isn't that right? Yes. Uh, back on October 24th, uh, some uh, environmental groups, and along with an individual, Pat Mundy, who's a professor in Butte at, at Montana Tech and also a longtime watchdog of the Big Hole River, uh, they let the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service know that they were going to sue if uh, the service did not initiate within 60 days uh, the process uh, to consider listing the grayling. Uh, so that time hasn't run out yet. Uh, the groups that filed this notice to sue uh, referenced the last two summers on the Big Hole, which have been uh, sort of drought-stricken with low flows um, that uh, and warm temperatures of the water, and neither of those things are good for grayling, not good for other trout species, but uh, particularly for the grayling. Uh, they said that was kind of the impetus to, to try and get, get this listing happening again. And so like I said in the intro, um, this fall, the uh, Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife and Parks, they stocked, um, grayling fingerlings uh, in French Creek in the Big Hole watershed. Um, so can you tell us, how does that process work to stock um, these fish? Well, in French Creek, it's been a prolonged process because there's been a lot of work done uh, to reconstruct that creek. It was affected by mining in the past. Uh, Big Hole Watershed Committee has been involved in that effort too. Uh, they went in, uh, they constructed a fish barrier 
uh, so that non-native species could not come upstream anymore. Uh, and then they eliminated the non-native species and they went back with fingerlings of grayling and I believe was slow cutthroat trout as well. Uh, and so the idea is to reestablish uh, the grayling uh, native species in these creeks. Uh, now, French Creek is a tributary to Deep Creek, which in turn is a tributary to the Big Hole River. And so Fish, Wildlife, and Parks said, you know, we're not trying to repopulate the grayling in the river. These, these are just focused on these creeks and tributaries. Um, and, uh, but people like Pat Mundy and others are saying, even uh, Pedro Marquez with the Big Hole Watershed Committee saying these, these stocked grayling will eventually end up in the main stem of the river. Uh, and uh, so in, in effect, it, it is, uh, relevant to the, the main stem population problem in the long run, if, if the stockings are successful. So why not stock the main stem of the river with these Arctic grayling fingerlings? Well, that's actually a good question. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, mm. Again, uh, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks uh, suggests that's not their intention to uh, affect the main stem population. Uh, there are questions of genetics, except that these fingerlings are from a broodstock, uh, Axolotl Lake, that have roots, the broodstock has roots in the, with the big hole grayling population. Uh, so I don't know what the, what the answer to that is. Uh, they, they tried, hmm. Years ago, they tried to stock uh, Wise River and Trail Creek, uh, and those efforts were unsuccessful. What are folks What are folks um, saying about uh, this this operation to um, stock uh, grayling into the greater? big hole watershed? Are there supporters? Are there detractors? I don't think there are any outright detractors. Uh, I think the people who, some of the groups are involved in the notice to sue, you know, the Fish and Wildlife Service, and, and Pat Mundy also said, uh, you know, this is just a Band-Aid approach to the, the main population in the river. What needs to be done is more work on limiting water withdrawals uh, from the main river. And that's, that's where the hard work has to happen. Uh, you know, I, I think Pedro Marquez uh, from the Big Hole Watershed Committee believes the stocking uh, makes perfect sense and, and in a few years could uh, add to the main, main stem population. And are there so are there more stockings um, in the hopper for fish, wildlife, and parks? Yes. Uh, when I spoke with them a few weeks ago, uh, there are plans this spring and summer to stock some uh, tributaries to French Creek, uh, and 
with the same approach uh, with fingerlings. Uh, and uh, so that that's the only uh, other stockings I'm aware of. Hmm. Well, thanks a lot, Duncan. Um, certainly an interesting situation and certainly an interesting fish. Montana Untamed is a podcast from the newsrooms of Lee Enterprises' Montana newspapers. Visit any of our websites or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.